What is up, y'all? Welcome back to the Running and Gunning Podcast with your hosts, Justin Sinan and Logan Sanburn. We hope you're having a great day. We appreciate you tuning in today. This podcast is brought to you by Lone Wolf Custom Gear and Timberwolf Supply Company. We uh, we hope that you guys are uh, excited for season. We're uh, really knocking on the door here in Kentucky. we got about another six weeks. And uh, Logan and I are, are pretty stoked. I know... Logan's going hunting in Montana, and I'm going to Idaho early September. So it's crunch time, and today's podcast is really going to be based on, you know, what we're doing, uh, you know, to try and get in shape and just be prepared for the season. Um, hopefully you guys uh, will take away some stuff from this one. I think both of us have some good insights, uh, even if you're not, you know, going on an elk hunt this year. You know, we're just talking whitetail stuff, too. So it's only going to benefit you, but... Logan, what's going on, bro? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm super excited for everything that you just said. I mean, it's crazy how fast it's, this year's gone. And when you said six weeks, I mean, September yeah. 2nd, like, Kentucky's Puts things crazy, in perspective, but... <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, you know, I've been looking at the schedule, looking at uh, putting in days off at work and stuff like that because, I mean – I've got a lot going on over the fall course of the fall, but especially like in September, um, I, I haven't really talked about this on the podcast or anything, but I'm doing the Ohio range day. It's like the first weekend or maybe second weekend of September, um, which is like a two day firearms, two different firearms courses over the course of a weekend. Um, so I've got that. And then obviously going to Montana and then trying to kill a buck early season in Kentucky, so I decided finally that I'm going to hunt Ohio too this year. So going to try and make that happen. And, uh, I mean, other than that, obviously staying busy with Timberwolf stuff with regular work and trying to get cams out and stay fit. Yeah, I mean, man. It's, it's a hard a, knock life, right? Right. But it I really wouldn't is. ask for it any other way. That's Absolutely, man. I just feel like these weeks are just zipping by, dude. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, it's really, really coming up now. And I feel so unprepared. Um, but I know, like, you know, if I can, like, just extract and look at everything, like, the grand scheme. It's like I've been planning for it for so long. But it's just, it's almost like, oh, man, am I actually ready for this shit? Am I actually going to be able to get after it and do, like, 8 to 10 miles in the mountains a day? Um you know, I just worked out my legs really hard the other day, and I couldn't walk for a day or two. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, just so you're being, worried. just being yeah. honest. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. Yeah, yeah. So, it's. Uh, I think that it's one of those things where, when you're at home and doing like hard stuff, and in that situation it's a little bit different than when you're actually out there because I think when you're out there, your, your reactions and the way that your body kind of handles it is a little bit different because there's the anticipation and excitement of actually being out there and it doesn't affect you in the same way and it should, but it doesn't, it's a, it's a weird phenomenon. I don't know if, I don't know if you've ever been in situations where you experience that, but it's just like, I wake up every morning just like ready to go. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be that way. I mean, that's kind of the main concern I got is like, 
being able to sleep, which I'm sure after day one I'll I'll probably be able to sleep because I'll probably be worn out. But um, really, I mean, like it's just one of those things. Uh, I feel like you know every day it's going to be a new new thing for me because I've never been out west like ever in my life. I, the farthest west I've been is like Texas, and that's not really west; it's more south. But you get what I'm saying. Like coming yeah. from a East Coast guy to going west, like that's the farthest west I've been. So I'm I'm it, just looking forward. I mean, the scenery, like to actually go in the woods in the elk rut and get to experience that. Like it's just it's been a dream, dude, my whole life, and it's kind of cool to actually, you know, be able to to say like, hey, I'm gonna go do that this year. Yeah, I think that for a lot of people, it's one of those like one day, one day I'm going to do that. One day I'm going to, you know, commit to doing an elk hunt. And unfortunately the way that things are going right now, as far as like legislation and the different States and like all that stuff, if you put it off, it's only going to get harder and more expensive for those people that don't under one, understand the different systems for each state and two, like haven't built up points and that sort of stuff. Because there, a lot of the states are getting away from the over-the-counter stuff, and uh, I mean, even like a full-on lottery, like you're not guaranteed anything. And it's, I, I think that I know that I've said this before. Like, it doesn't have to be a once-in-a-lifetime thing, or maybe even like twice in a lifetime, like where you're just saving up money, because guides are expensive but you can go do it on your own and when you do it on your own like yeah i mean montana is expensive i mean it was what i think a thousand dollars uh for the tag and i think i mean obviously there's people out there that can't afford that but like if you just you know don't buy something every single day for a year like you can save up the amount of money is my whole point like if you want it bad enough, you can do it. And it's not like it's, you know, a guided hunt. That's freaking $15,000. Like now that is something that you probably can't do. And that should be a once in a lifetime thing. But I'm tired of people hearing people say like, Oh yeah, one day this one day that. And it's like, man, if you're saying that now, it's probably not true. Like, just do it. Just do it. Like that's all there is. I'll be, I'll be dead honest. Like I'd, for me, I really wanted to learn from somebody that knows what they're doing. So I kind of wanted to do a guided hunt. And I was really turned off uh, just by how much money it would have costed me. And really, like, I've noticed that even the archery hunts were even more expensive. And it was like, I don't know. You you talk to a lot of people and they're like, man, like, your success rate for archery is, like, way low. Um, but I don't know. To me, like, I, I'm a diehard bow hunter. Like I just want to freaking kill one with a bow. I don't even care if it's a giant, like, I don't know. I just want to go be up close and personal during the rut and like get to hear some bulls screaming. And, um, I don't know. My hunt total was like after buying the tag with it, which was like about 900 or so, uh, it was like 6,500 bucks. And now I got, I still got to pay for like airfare, but, um, 
That's and I've also been saving for a long time, dude. I think like over seven or eight years, like just you know, like you you save up money and then you have to spend it, and that's how, kind yeah. of what happened to me. But I finally lit a fire in my ass and pulled the trigger on it, and I'm like, you know what? I, you know, it's time to do it. Uh, I'm not getting any younger. I mean, shit, I'm like 33, so <laughs> uh, you know. And I wasn't necessarily like talking shit about guides or anything like no that. no I'm i didn't talk- take it that way at all yeah no. i'm just talking about how it's expensive and so people see yeah. a price tag like that like sixty five hundred dollars and they're like man like i could never do that it doesn't have to be that much right. like you can buy the tag for a lot less i mean right now over the counter in colorado is uh i mean i think last year it was less than 700 bucks so that's something that's feasible for most people i think and yeah. it's it's just a commitment, and I I think that I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm getting down into the real nitty gritty right now <laughs> with my opinions. But like, if you say the words one day, it's probably never going to happen. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. And I and I hate hearing it. And, and the same thing goes for whitetails too, guys. I mean, even if like you don't have an interest to hunt elk, and you want to hunt Kansas, like. Kansas is becoming a hard state to hunt now. I mean, you got to put your points in. Like Guess what? the quality whitetail states. <laughs> yeah, I did too. The quality whitetail states are turning into like you know the same thing that's going on with the elk. So, um, be aware of that. Like, if there's a state that you know you've been like, man, I've always wanted to hunt like you know Kansas, or I've always wanted to hunt you know Iowa, or I guess they're really the only two point systems now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I th- I think so. So it's kind of irrelevant. It's, Sorry, sounds stupid. <laughs> no, I, but but you're absolutely right that it's it's moving more in that direction. Yeah. And I guess to to kind of like wrap that point up, it's it's more about to me the idea of saying like one day. I don't say I don't use those words anymore. I don't say like you know I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. Like. When I tell people um, or when people ask for my like plans or, you know, something comes up, I literally tell them like I'm moving to Montana. I don't say like, you know, I'm thinking about it like maybe one day like we're going to – I say those words. It's it's about – I mean and people call it manifesting or call it whatever and like we're going down a rabbit hole. But I think it's like super important because it ties into the rest of it that like – you have to put the pieces into place. And the only way to do that is like your thoughts become your actions, your actions or your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions and your actions become your habits. Right. And, and so you have to start somewhere. And so like doing those little, making those little changes to your own mindset really changes like the end outcome. And I don't know if a lot of people understand that or if they implement that sort of stuff in their life, but man, it's, it's definitely made a huge impact for me. Oh, I agree a hundred percent, dude, from moving from another state. It was like the amount of people and negativity, like they were like, no, nah, man, why would you want to move there? Why would you want to do that? Uh, like, uh, it's kind of funny because those same people that like, I don't talk to all the time that I'll catch up with. Oh, hell's life. Oh, I'm like, dude, I love it. I'm killing it. Um, Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I like, it's just funny to me that like people can be 
so closed minded sometimes. It's like, you know, you want to live in this little shell and it's like, man, like step outside of your shell and just see how much you're actually missing out on. Like, I'm just, I'm just so fired up to, for one, I'm, I'm proud of myself for actually getting out there. Um, and I'm kind of doing it by myself and that's kind of what I wanted to get across with this podcast was like, man, like what do you absolutely need? And what do you like, what do I need to be able to do to like perform in the mountains? Like you've been out there how many years now? Like you've gone out two years, uh, three. Yeah. So I've hunted three, three years in Colorado with one year. I hunted in Colorado and Kentucky for elk. Um, and I mean, Southeast Kentucky is, it's obviously not the Rockies, but it is still some pretty steep, steep and treacherous terrain. Um, and so as far as like the, I think what you're asking is like your capacity, right? What, what should you, how much work should you be able to do? And it's a good amount. I mean, especially going out West, uh, it's really the altitude that hurts the most. Um, like they said, we'll I think, be around like six to seven in Idaho. And that's not bad. That's yeah. not, not at all. The only, the, the first year that I went out and I actually had trouble with it. We went from, you know, at home in Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, whatever it's, I don't even know what elevation we're at, like maybe in the hundreds. And we yeah. went out in our first day. I think we set out at like, I don't know, 9,500, 10,000. Like, yeah, I've heard so it's it, like when you get into 10, it's, it gets bad. It was right? a jump. Yeah. yeah. And, and so not acclimating was a big issue, but as far as like physical performance, I mean, it's, I honestly think that it is a lot in your head. Um, there, there are physical aspects to it. You have to be able to perform and, and do certain things and be able to climb. But at the end of the day, like one of the, the best quotes that I've ever heard that really resonated with me was like Rich Froning after winning one of the CrossFit games, somebody asked him about strength and the difference between a strength athlete and an endurance athlete. And he said that, you know what, if you take me, uh, you know, CrossFit games champion, whatever, and you put me out and you say, Hey, run a marathon. He's like, I could do it. Whether it takes two hours or six hours. He's like, I could finish that race because all it takes is grit, right? You can just keep going step after step after step. If I take a marathon runner and we all have a, a vision, right? Of what a marathon runner looks like who can run like a, you know, sub two or whatever. I don't even know what a good marathon time is. But if you put a barbell in front of them and say, hey, clean and jerk 225. Right. It'll take them years to build up strength to be able to do that, right? And so I think that like what I guess the the point is like that endurance piece, if you've got the right mindset, you can keep going. And that's what it really takes. And so – you know, in not to bring like CrossFit into it. Cause I know people have <laughs> their, their views about it. Um, it is a good training methodology, but that's all that it is. Uh, and a lot of people do CrossFit without calling it that, but 
like the one of the things that at least that I've taken away is it's called like going to the dark place where you get so into a workout where it's just like your brain kind of turns off and you're just doing the work. And I think that that's a very important place to get to in training because it essentially puts you on a path to like growing, not physically, but mentally because you're in such a place like your body is in such a, a hard place. Like it's working and you've got lactic acid buildup and all this different stuff where your body's you're, screaming yeah. stop, right. but you you're keep in, like, going anyways. Mode. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is an important place to get to if you want to grow. And if you want to be able to do hard things like climb a mountain day after day after day, because that is the endurance race. Yeah. Doing t- eight to 10 miles, a normal person will yeah. look at that no. and be like, eh, whatever. But you do it, you know, yeah, two days. Five days in it's, a row. Eh, yeah. But five days, that's, yeah. you know, that is an entire event in and of itself. And so it needs to be practiced. Um, I think that a lot of people go into situations without having practice being there and so it, it, it is hard like for you and i to try and practice being in the rockies with the altitude and the terrain and the steepness and like all that different stuff but like i said if you can do it in your head you can do it out there yeah and i feel like that probably the most important thing like for me that i should have been doing and focusing a lot more on was my legs like throughout like the course of the year I should have been like super hard on just working out my legs like crazy and beefing them up but I mean like I don't think I'm bad like I've got decent endurance uh I think I'm more concerned about like longevity of grinding it out on and like not getting it done until day five and all right like quit being a little bitch and you get up this (laughs) mountain because I just it just and and I hope that I'm wrong because I mean I really have been like training hard like for a while now and I feel good. It's just uh, I don't know, man. There's just like that. I guess it's just that little you know devil on your shoulder kind of thing. Like ah, don't be no. Out. I like <laughs> dude. I completely get it because I've been to Colorado three years now and I have not had an encounter with an elk. And it's extremely frustrating, like, and, um, like disconcerting that to want to go back out or to get out there. And that it is like that little voice in the back of your head is just like, why are you even doing this? And especially when you get into day five, day six, day seven, where you haven't even seen anything, you haven't been in the woods with elk, like whatever you're, you know, not seeing what you want to see that sort of stuff you've put in the miles and that's the thing though is like it takes like 30 seconds because that it's it's so hard to fathom how vast the terrain is out there it's just like anything could be anywhere at any time like it's just it is crazy like you there could be an entire herd of you know 30 40 elk like 200 yards away and you just don't even know um and i feel like around here especially like 
you just you can't even understand that right like there might be a big buck right around the corner and i might not know it but like i think it's just a to- totally different yeah totally different ball game really because like you're really pursuing an elk kind of not that you might not pursue a deer but i mean like i'm just saying like one foot it's like okay you're going until you find them and then right. you're go- you know what i mean like yeah i mean for the most part that that's I know that's how I hunt. That's how you're probably going to hunt is just boots, foot. To, boots yeah. to ass, like just yeah. going until you right. find something. Like I talked to my guide a couple, like a couple weeks ago and I was like, what should I be doing? He's like, dude, honestly, I think you're doing everything you need to be doing. He's like, just uh shoot your bow a ton and like, you know, maybe just try to practice, uh, practice with like, everything you're going to be wearing and I don't know. I mean, we'll see what's yeah. up, man. Try. I, I think, I think the only thing that I would add to that is going back to like practicing and doing things that are harder than what you might encounter in real life. Right. Puts you, puts you so far ahead. Right. And right. so doing like shooting under duress yeah. It's something that I had thought about and seen and whatever, but like I hadn't really done it until I went to Elk Shape Camp back in whatever twenty twenty or twenty twenty one, and it's it's tough. And the first so like the first shot that we did, we had to whenever we signed up, we had to put down what yardage we thought we were effective at or out to, right? And so you've got guys saying like 75 yards. Well, the very first thing that we did was we broke our bows out. We went to 75 yards and he said, all right, who put down 75 yards and whoever like raised our hand. He's like, all right, shoot. <laughs> and yeah. you know, we've got, there's a target out there and it's like, uh, that in and of itself, having everyone watch you and putting that pressure on, that's one thing. But then we actually did like physical work. Uh, in a different scenario where it was like you're essentially doing lunges and like buddy carries and that sort of stuff to get your heart rate up and then trying to shoot. And right. one of the one of the other like added things was holding at full draw and then making a shot. And it we had to How long would so, you hold? It was thirty seconds. Okay. I think. It was either 30 seconds or a minute, but that was at the end. So you did three different yardages with exercise and like high heart rate stuff in between. And then you had to hold and then execute a shot. And dude, I mean, it was that sort of stuff is, is what's really going to like put you to the next level to where, when you're actually in the situation, you're like, this is easy. I'm really lucky where I live at where, on the hill like i could walk up the hill with like i today i did a couple miles with um like 40 pounds in my pack and i was like damn it like i feel like i should have my bow like already set up so when i finish my walk like i'm winded like coming all the way up because it's mostly uphill like coming up there so i mean by the time i get up top if i'm like trying to get it or start jogging or something with all my stuff on my back and then rip a shot at like, you know, 60 yards or something like that and just see where you hit. 
I don't know. It's definitely going to put things in perspective. I mean, that's what I wanted to cover was, like, preparedness for shooting. I mean, how can we apply, like, all of our stuff we're training for elk to whitetail? I feel like it all pretty much meshes because you're way outperforming it almost anything you're going to do in the whitetail woods unless you're like you know a just a crazy nut and you're you're (laughs) diving in two or three miles every time you go and i mean even that is not i don't think is like as i don't know as difficult um because especially you're not making your well i mean you could potentially make a shot at the end of that but you're not getting to that spot and then making a shot. Usually, you know, you set your stand up, you sit down and then you have time to relax and you're kind of expecting, I mean, at least the way that we normally hunt, the way that like we teach or preach, I guess about how to set up, you know, which direction the deer is going to come in, like all this different stuff. And it's like in the, in the mountains, it's just literally just chaos. Like, at least from what I've seen, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's funny. Cause that's what he told me. He's like, dude, if we hear these elk bugling, like we got to book ass up this hill or they're not going to be there. He's like, so you just got to be ready. And yeah. I was like, that sounds like hell, but I'm sure like a mixture of you hearing a giant bull or like any bull, I guess. And your desire to get up there. Like, I think I'll be okay. I'll get it. Yeah, no, I mean, you will. I'm just, I guess, talking through how I best think that preparing for something like that, and again, like, I haven't even been in that situation, Um, but I'm doing my best to get ready for it. And so I'm just talking through what I'm doing and what I've learned from other people, and that high heart rate shooting is a completely different ballgame. Like, you're not stepping out into your yard in your flip-flops and shorts and you know taking a couple pot shots at 35 yards like you've got moving targets that you've got to either range or you know make a call on the fly because they're you know maybe they don't stop where you want them to stop and like different stuff like that it's it's things that i think kind of go under the radar for the i mean like i'm running a two pin single post site and is that probably ideal for that sort of situation it makes it tough but i i have developed i guess this is the other thing is developing a process so part of my process when i'm shooting my bow is to look at the yardage first on my site so right yardage and then I set my hand, I draw, set my anchor, and go go through the rest. So that is like a rep after rep after rep. I mean, obviously, I don't know what's going to happen, but I would expect that that's going to kick in when you know I'm in that situation and it's going through my process, yardage, right, hand, hands, draw, anchor, like that sort of stuff. Um, and so I think that that's another important. I was to, thinking about that today because you and I are running the same site. We're running the Fast Eddie, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I is your bottom pin adjustable or is it fixed? They're both fixed. 
Okay, so I thought so. It's, so. it's just a single post with a right, but on I your dollar you've got like the two indicator, the indicators on there. Yeah, like the little purple yep. ones. So yep. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I wonder where I should set them at. Like, if I should just keep my stuff like at twenty, and I think my for my bow setup right now, it's like twenty and thirty five. Is what it is. <clears throat> It's like not quite 45. 40. 15 yards. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that that's is, probably about what, what yeah. I'm at too. So, right. so if I was flirting with like 40, I could d- go a little higher. If I was like, you know, 30, I guess, you know, I'd, I'd mess with it. But so that is something that I do is I, I decide what I'm going to do. So I'll do right. mine's about 15 yards. So it's a like almost the same. So I do like, 23 and it get and 40 or whatever um i got a new site housing so i've got to redo my site tape and all that stuff but i'll set it and then i just like when i'm practicing i'll keep it there but i'll move to unknown yardages like i won't range and then i'll try to shoot the you know like essentially pin gap to see where i'm hitting so I do pra- like I'll practice that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, that's that's solid. That um, way you're not trying to like change a role. Like it's important to know where your pins at. I don't necessarily change where my pins at. So like when I say yardage, yeah. I'm looking at my pin, making sure like it didn't get bumped or it's not whatever. I know that it's at, you know, 20 and 35. That way when I look at you know the bull the deer whatever it is and i in my head i say whatever yardage i think that he's at and make that call now i know do i shoot my top pin do i shoot my bottom pin do i shoot somewhere in the middle yeah if it's if it's beyond wish that i could adjust yeah if it's beyond my second pin i'm not i'm not taking that shot in that sort of way like i'll dial it because most likely i have time he's not he's he's not close enough that i need to yeah. I don't have urgency. I mean, shooting long range, man, it's definitely like I'm stoked to shoot a deer. I mean, I haven't shot a deer past like 25 yards in a long time, but um, at least a buck. But um, I mean, I'm kind of stoked to actually like if something was out in the field, like I have 100% confidence, like I could shoot 40 yards. There's no, like I definitely laid off of my archery game like in the past couple of years, like I just haven't been, I might go out in the backyard and I'll shoot like out to 40 yards and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like, but now like I'm driving tax and like touching arrows at like 40, 50, 60. So I think, yeah, I mean, you just, you build confidence. Right. Like I yeah, know just and whether the skill is there or not, like it doesn't have anything to do with whether you can do it. It's whether or not you think you can do it. I mean, so we were just talking about, for me, I mean, I had surgery March 7th. I haven't touched my, or I haven't shot my bow since, I don't know. I probably didn't even shoot it like the last, you know, part of the season. Cause I was hunting. Um, and then I actually ruptured my, or tore my bicep in February. So I haven't shot my bow since probably January or December. I walked out and I shot it. And I had no idea what, like what was going to happen. 
I'd had zero confidence. I was like, man, I wish I had a bigger target. Cause I don't like, I don't know where yeah, these right. arrows are going to go. And, uh, they end up all like touching each other. And it's like, the skill is there, but in my head, but like it goes right back to the you know beginning of this conversation. It what in what's in your head matters so much. Like yeah, the the physical baseline has to be there. Like obviously with shooting, if you have done it enough and built those foundations, like that's gonna stay. It's it's not quite like riding a bike, but it's it's pretty close. Um, and yeah. But it's all up in your head. And so when that deer walks in at freaking seven yards, you're like, I was putting them in the 10 ring at, at 80, like, (laughs) and then you'll, and then you'll do that seven yard shot. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, I hate. And again, that has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with your skill that, that has, that's something that probably happened up here, you know, in your head. Right. That, right. That's why you goofed it up. So anyways. Yeah. Off the soapbox. Yeah, no, you're good, man. Uh, I mean, I feel like I've done that a lot too. Um, (laughs) It's all good. I feel like we always do it when it's just you and I talking. Like we always get down wearing holes. But but whatever, man. It doesn't matter. I think uh, I think it's good stuff. No, I I think it's important for people. Like I like yeah. Sometimes people need that kick in the ass and to hear somebody else say the the thoughts that are already in their head and. I mean that's dude I yeah. I consume so much uh information on a daily basis because dude I listen to podcasts on like the one and a half speed um and I like read books and I watch YouTube videos and like do all this stuff cuz I'm always trying to learn whatever it is um and so whether it's like deer hunting, elk hunting, like the business stuff, whatever, I'm just consuming like all the time and I think one of the the biggest takeaways that I've had recently is the term mental masturbation. And that is essentially where you're doing what I'm doing. You're consuming all of this information. You get all these good ideas. You you get the, the quote-unquote motivation to do all these things, but then you there's no follow-through. And so you have the knowledge to be able to do it, but you just don't do it for X, Y, Z reason. And again, that kind of goes back to what I said before about like the whole, I'm going to move to Montana. It's the same sort of thing. Like you have to make that decision to move yourself forward and utilize the things that you've learned. And that's been, again, for me, like the biggest thing over the past, I don't know, couple months is like action, action, action with intention gets you results. Absolutely, man. Now, and I, I couldn't, couldn't agree more with you. I, I really am. I know both of us are huge believers in, I know you, t- you touched on it earlier, like manifestation and just like believing, you know, what you're, what you're saying. And, and just when you actually put it out there, it becomes your reality. Um, I think that's like one thing I had a good conversation with a buddy of mine and he was kind of like, man, like, you know, like things just aren't going out like this, this and that, uh, basically complaining that like his boss didn't respect him. And I was like, okay, well like, what are you doing to get respect? Because it's his father's, 
his father's like co-owners of the company, right? So, you know, he was kind of like the boss's son kind of deal, and he was kind of a little shit. And I was like, look, dude, like, you might be a great, like, worker now, but all that your boss sees is that little punk-ass kid you were when you were younger. And, like, this sounds completely off topic, but I'm I'm wrapping it back in. <laughs> so I told him, I'm like, dude, like, you know, like, you you need to understand, like, respect is not, you know, just given, it's earned, like, you need to work even harder and, you know, curve that, that mindset of, you know, your, your actual, it's like, you know, they're related to, I'm trying like to not say too much cause I don't want people to be like, Oh, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> but, um, it, it was just really interesting. And I'm like, dude, you need to like read some of these books. And I was like, I sent him a couple of books that have like kind of changed my life. And like, I think, like you said, like the more information you can put in, you know, you want to develop, you need to develop yourself. And that's what I told him. I was like, oh, you want respect? Well, what are you doing to get it? Oh, well, uh, well n- no, dude, that's not how, that's not the way the world works. You want to improve? Well, you, like, oh, this needs to improve. Well, you need to start with yourself. Like, and at the end of the day, as hunters, I think it's, it's just a great thing for us to just try to improve on who you are and improve on what you're doing and how you can improve your whitetail game. And just like while you're listening to this podcast, probably trying to learn some stuff, not hear us blabble about, you know, uh, little personal things, but it's just, uh, it's just the truth, man. And like, he was like, well, where did you, when did you start reading books? And I was like, pretty much right around the time I decided I wanted to get away from, working uh you know in the city and get out and like do something different with my life and uh it's just you know once you start that journey man like that's all you guys got to do start that journey um yeah be careful what you put into the be careful of the the plant seeds you put into your mind if that's the way you say it but (laughs) no i i absolutely agree and i think that uh you know the the first all the whole first part of this podcast was all about developing hardware it's about the physical fitness the shooting the bow like all these different things to get your body ready and all that stuff and i think that focusing on the software is just as important and that's exactly what you're talking about it's yeah. you know the things that you're learning the things that you're doing to better yourself and improve and so that you can combine the two uh for optimal performance like that's huge this could be like, the most fit person in the world and if you don't put like some of your time into focusing on how to improve your whitetail knowledge or how to improve you know your shooting abilities like you're not going to be a good hunter at the end of the day it's not just all about physical it's a lot of mental too so i think We'll get off of that tangent. I feel like we definitely went deep on that one, but yeah, uh, ho- hopefully some people got something out of that. I know. Um, go ahead. No, I, was, I mean I was just gonna say I think that uh, hopefully there's some good takeaways that people will. I guess the biggest one is that people start implementing the things into their life and and stop hesitating. It's it's a big step, but I think that. Mo- anyone who's taken that step would not ever turn back. No. So just take that into consideration. 
Son, you understand once you start, there's no turning back, right? <laughs> exactly. So, man, I know the the one thing I was really concerned about, too, was, like, boots. Like, do you have two okay. pairs of boots that you take with you? I Just do. in case, like, you, yeah. Because I've um, only got one good pair of boots, and I'm kind of, like, thinking, like, man, like, is it too late to order a pair, another pair of, like, it's, decent it's boots? It's not... Or? too late uh i mean we're still you've got plenty of time i just to break them in oh i mean if you order krispies there's no break in uh really okay (laughs) yeah i so i've got two pairs of krispies uh the only reason that i really have two pairs of those is because i bought a, a different pair last year that had more ankle support because of my torn achilles uh i just wanted something that was a little bit more rigid and went up a little bit higher. So that's why I bought those. Um, the year before that I took another pair of boots that I had and I ended up actually wearing them the second pair of boots because one of the days we crossed a river and we were just like said, fuck it, let's just walk across. And so we filled our boots with water and then I was just like, yeah. they were obviously soaking wet. So I was like knowing that because otherwise it was going to be like get down to your skivvies and like wade through this river to get across and that uh, we didn't really want to do that but knowing that i had a second pair of boots that i could wear i was just like yeah whatever yeah no not so, a biggie. yeah what are, um, what krispies do you recommend what do you like so i am running the colorados that that those are the ones I bought last year that have a little bit better ankle support. Uh, I run, and then the other ones that I have are the Thor GTX twos, and those. Okay. They're I think they're the soles are the same like have the same rigidity, uh, but they just don't. They're a little bit lighter and they don't have like that full on ankle support or uh, they don't go as high. I think they're like a six inch in the. Colorado's I want to say is an eight inch. Okay. Uh, not 100% sure. But like, so the important things are there's ratings for the sole or like the tread or I guess whatever you want to call it. Um, it's like one to four or one to five. So you want something that is rigid. Like at least it's, I guess it comes down to personal preference, but if you're hiking like in the mountains, I know I prefer something that's rigid and essentially like what that does is when you're going uphill, you can essentially put your foot in the ground and you're not like just collapsing and then putting your foot into flexion. If that makes sense. And that saves your calves a lot. So, and then also like when you're side hilling, you've got a lot of, of structure there. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that when I was on the uh, Kentucky elk hunt, man, that like the tips of my toes were getting like raw because I've never actually had to climb a whole steep hill like that. Like, and it just <laughs> ate up my toes. Yeah. Having, I mean, boots are important because that's obviously where all of your weight is almost all the time. So, yeah. It can wear out fast. And if you don't take care of them, they're not going to take care of you and you're not going to be able to again right. finish that endurance race so i i like what's crispies your, a lot what's your thoughts I, okay what's uh, your thoughts I on the uh, the sheep feet have you ever have you heard of them 
like the custom insoles and stuff? Yeah. Uh, I Do you think that's I, worth I've, it? I considered it pretty hard, especially last year, uh, just because of, you know, what I had going on with my Achilles and stuff. And I just decided not to. Um, and it was more of like a bolt headed. Yeah, like they're kind of pricey. I, it's almost like the, they, it's they like are 200 bucks um, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, they gotta I mean, be worth it, but I mean, I just don't have completely customized income right now. Right. They're completely customized. And I mean, that's, they fit your, they're fit to your feet. And so I think that it would be beneficial if you had, if you, if you were like doing super long hikes, uh, each day, or if you had problems with your feet, if you're like going out on your rucks and stuff like that, and you're not having any issues, then I wouldn't even honestly worry about it. I mean, you could go buy like Dr. Scholl's or some sort like some other insole probably, and get away with it uh unless you have like something weird going on where you've got like shallow arches or like flat feet or like all this different weird stuff i mean if you have something specific then sure go for it but whatever okay you know it's yeah it seems like another one of those things i the reason i decided not to was just because it was just like i have so many so much like gear and gadget crap already i'm just like i just need that's kind of how I ex- felt. I get experience. I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. I wanted your opinion. Yeah, yeah, and I looked at getting like, because um, mine are kind of like the taller boot, I guess. I'm not sure what you want to call them because I'm like off on my terminology, but <laughs> it's like a taller boot in the ankle. So like it gives me a ton of ankle support, but I thought about maybe getting something that was a little bit uh, shorter. I just thought maybe like more of like a hiking boot would be better. I didn't know. I mean, I, I it, found some on sale. There's like a clearance on Krispies, and I thought about buying them. So that's why I asked. I was just curious what you thought. Like, they're not um, the nice color. They're like some like orange and gray color, but they were so like 160 the bucks versus 320 Yeah, it's, those it are probably the Thors. Um, and again, like, I really like them. The rigidity in those is really good, and they're tall enough. In, unless you feel like you need ankle support. I mean, that's the only thing. Like, it's just one of, you've got to figure out what works for you, just like anything else. So, right on. It's, cool. It's just, is there anything else you really think, like, besides that, that's important, like, gear wise? I've yeah. heard boots, boots, backpacks, and bows are the most, the three most important things, like, when you're doing your elk hunt. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't even know what backpack you're running or anything, but it's... Uh, I am I really don't have to run any crazy stuff because we're going to have a camp. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of going to be kind of minimalistic. I've got, like, I've got a, a, a decent pack that I can put, like, my... I'm going to put my rain jacket in there and a couple other little things, but I really don't plan on carrying a ton of weight with me. You're not taking the wolf pack? <laughs> no. No, I want something mountains. that's gonna be something that's gonna be a little more breathable, um and yeah. it'll have like a you know, a bladder in it. Yeah, um, I've got a nice backpack that's set up for it. I think it'll be great. Yeah, I mean I mine is 
like I've been running Kafaru stuff since I started and it's I got a bigger bag this year so that I can kind of carry everything carry camp with me so that we can actually camp in the mountains and stuff so yeah instead, instead of just just truck camping because uh, I want to get on like I just want to going back to what we were talking about like hike until we find elk and then stay there so set up yeah yeah we'll see that's the way to There's, do it man I'm yeah. looking forward to doing that eventually I just think it I would think, be I just thought this would be the, the ticket because I booked this before like you and I were really even friends and I had nobody that elk hunted that I knew you know yeah, you, so I was like you booked it super solo. early <laughs> like what is it this I booked like it years two ago. years yeah two years two years ago yeah it was Harrisburg last year, right? The year before. Mm, I want to say it was like 2022, maybe. I don't know. 2020. That was, that was 2021, year. I guess. <laughs> what yeah. year is it? Anyways. Shit, so to, to, to answer your question, um, I mean, I think that like one of the other things that just to, to touch on is like, Having an actual program and following something to get better is very important. Um, and instead of just like walking into the gym every day and just doing whatever you think is gonna, you know, it feels good for the day or whatever, I think that a lot of that's honestly, I've found that that's the way a lot of people approach it. It's just like uh, they just walk into the gym and even if yeah. they have like a, a certain split of like uh you know arms one day and chest and back one day and legs a different day or different stuff like that it's still like you walk in and you're like i think i'll do dumbbell bench today and you know uh lat pull downs or bent over rows or like you're just kind of making it up on the fly i think like following a, a certain program that is progressive and linear to get you to whatever yeah. your goals are uh, to get you better. Essentially. I think that that's another important factor. So kind of like what, what Logan's doing for me. Yeah. He sent me a <laughs> list of workouts and I freaking hate them. I was, I was because not, I got I my not a hard zone. sell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was, uh, it was definitely, I mean, exactly what you just said is what I've been doing. Like, Sure, yeah, I'm going to the gym like three or four times a week or five days a week. And but how much of it is actually going to like what I want to do, right? Like I should have been doing a lot more stuff, you know, for my legs and you know, I I did a lot of stairmasters and stuff, but I think I should have went harder. But we'll see. We'll find out. We'll see what's going on. It's I'm not going to beat myself up. We talked about that earlier. It's like we are like super super hard on ourselves um but i think that's why like you know whatever man it's just a personality trait like i think it's good to be a little hard on yourself but sometimes you know yeah and i think that that ties right back, back. like yeah i think that some people need a dose of reality too and i think that following somebody else's program or whatever is is important to that because a lot of people will walk into the gym and do things that they're good at or things that they like and yeah. they avoid, you fall avoid accustomed the to like, oh, yeah, you avoid the pain in a sense, right. even though like you might be pushing yourself to failure, but it's like, what are you actually, you know, achieving? Like what's, you know, 
And that's something I should have done is like look at the bigger picture of it instead of, oh, well, hey, I'm working out. Like, yeah. So, I mean, sometimes all you need is that accountability of somebody else saying, hey, what have you been doing? Yeah. And, you know, for some people that's all it takes. For other people it's like they need a kick in the ass, but I'm yeah. willing to give it. Some people are willing to take willing it. To it. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Well, like I, I, I say that about all my good friends. It's like hold me accountable, man. Like don't be afraid to have that, you know, awkward conversation. Where like, dude, what's going on with you? Why are you? What, what are you up to? You know, I think that's what good friends are for. So I applaud you for that, Logan. Thank you, um, man. You're welcome. I think we're gonna close <laughs> this one out. I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you. You've been you've been a great guest today. <laughs> um, thank you, thank you. It, I feel like I feel like you are like you have been like a guest today. I feel like I'm just like drilling you with questions this time. It's kind of cool. No, I mean um, it, it's it's been a long time since it's just been you and I, so it feels really good. I'm, yeah. I'm glad to uh, have the time and to share it with everybody so that we can actually you know talk about uh, stuff just between the two of us. So. I know. And it's, I feel like fitness has been like the new craze now, like in the it, past it couple months, has. hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sure has taken popularity. <laughs> I, I think, I think it's a good, but, good uh, thing though. I, I like it. Yeah. No, I do too, man. I think it's awesome. Well, I think we're going to close this one out guys. We hope you all enjoyed this one. Uh, you know, a little, little gear overview, a little mental overview. We hope you're getting after it. Uh, Feel free to tag us in uh, in your workouts and some of your trail cam photos. We look forward to uh, catching up with you all next week and appreciate you all tuning in. Thanks again for tuning in this week, guys. We can't thank you all enough. We are slowly approaching our one-year anniversary as a podcast. I want to give all you guys all the credit. I mean, honestly, we thank you. We do this for you guys. And the amount of support we've had is just awesome. And um, just want to thank you all from the bottom of our hearts. If you guys are available in um, Kalamazoo, Michigan next weekend, uh, Logan will be there for the Mobile Hunters Expo. I will not be there. I will be at the Mobile Hunter Roadshow in Virginia. And I hope you guys, if you're in the area, you can make it out to see either of us. Um, We'll have some merchandise logan will have plenty of stuff uh, for you guys to test out there at the booth uh for timberwolf um and as for lone wolf custom gear you know we can't thank them enough for sponsoring this you can catch up uh all the all the news and updates uh just follow them online at lonewolfcustomgear.com we're gonna close today's segment out with a quote like we always do and i think this one really fits the podcast great The uh, author of this one is unknown. I just really liked it. It says, if you never have the time, you will never have the time. Because time is not found. It's created. Hope that finds you all well this weekend. Can't thank you all enough. And uh, look forward to catching up with you all next week. See you.